Adam, have you gotten a booster? I have. I have. I was one of the uh, 15 million esteemed Johnson & Johnson vaccine recipients back earlier this year. Uh, and I mix and match, too. I got Pfizer. Oh, mix and match guy. Yeah. I wonder how much you can tell about a person's personality from their uh, mix and match strategy, what they choose. The, the main thing you could tell from me is 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 I'm lazy uh, because <laughs> it was just the closest CVS. <laughs> The newest efforts to slow it down. The FDA is expected to authorize a Pfizer COVID boosters for all adults as soon as tomorrow. Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Jeremy Siegel continuing our special series on the coronavirus pandemic. And today, he may be lazy about choosing which booster he gets and where, but he is not lazy with his health reporting. Adam Kankren on the latest with boosters. It's been a little bit confusing over the past, uh, say, month or so. Right now, anybody who is 65 and older uh, is eligible for a booster, an additional shot. Uh, or if you are between the ages of, you know, essentially 18 and 64 and uh, are either at high risk for severe COVID-19 or work in some kind of a job that exposes you to the potential for, you know, getting the virus, um, you know, to a higher degree, I guess, than than normal. And then in addition, if you're immune, immunocompromised, then you've been eligible for a booster for, for a, a while as well. And then on top of that, there's also the J&J folks like you. And then there's the J&J folks, which is a little bit different and has kind of made things further confusing. Because if you remember, that's, that's a one-shot regimen, mm-hmm. right? So people got their first J&J shot. And when officials looked at the data, you know, again, a month ago, they came to the conclusion that uh, with J and J, there were concerns, more concerns about kind of waning effectiveness there. That they said, look, uh, you know, Johnson Johnson could have been a, a two shot regimen from the beginning. Why doesn't anybody who's gotten that just go out and get it, get a second shot when you have the opportunity? Hmm. So, as you might imagine, so it's a lot to explain, and it's a lot also for anybody who's thinking about, you know, can I get a booster? When can I get a booster? To all take in, and then to add to that, the FDA also looks poised now to recommend Pfizer boosters for everybody, for all adults, right? What's the latest thinking with that? I think the idea there is that that would actually make things a lot simpler, right? Look, with the mix and match where people can now get, you know, essentially any vaccine, no matter what they got their first time around, if the FDA authorizes this Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, and we expect them to at some point as soon as this week. If they do that, what that essentially means is everybody 18 and up is eligible to go and get their booster if they're six months out of their initial vaccination, right? So that makes it much simpler for the administration to message. It makes it much simpler for us to understand yeah. and and to kind of give people advice on, hey, are you eligible? Should you go get it? Is it worth it? That's all a much more straightforward answer at this point. Well, I was going to ask like what the reasoning is behind it. It sounds like you're saying it's probably mostly that this just sort of makes things like easier, clearer, less confusing for people. Or is there also like new data or anything like that? Well, there there is new data. I mean, if you remember, this all kind of started back in August. And if you remember then, the White House came out and they said, you know, we've looked at the data. We agree there's some concerns about, you know, waning effectiveness we're going to make it so starting week of September 20th, everybody can get a booster shot, right? If you remember that, it was all adults. And Mm -hmm. there was, over the next several weeks, a lot of backlash to that because of a few things. One, the data that were available 
was not convincing to every health expert. You know, some people said, look, it looks like the data, you know, according to data, only people who are older or, you know, more vulnerable should get one. There was a lot of disagreement even within the administration on whether giving one to all adults at the time was justified. And then secondly, there was a lot of criticism because here in America, we're talking about giving out third doses when a lot of the rest of the world is still trying to get their first doses, right? So there was also that 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 optics and humanitarian aspect of, you know, how we allocate those doses. So what ended up happening when it went to the advisory panels and the, the CDC, which ultimately made the decision, is they said, look, for now, we're going to make sure that it gets to the people who uh, are most vulnerable, and then we'll reevaluate down the road. And that happened about a week ago. Uh, Pfizer came back and said, we'd like to ask you again uh, to authorize this booster shot for all adults. And it looks like now, after having seen a little bit more extensive data, that the FDA and CDC are are pretty close to doing that. Looking back to that first announcement from the Biden administration, when they did say that it was going to be open for everybody in September, and then all of the ensuing, you know, confusion and back and forth and all of that stuff that's happened since then. Do you think the Biden administration kind of botched this a little bit? In a, in a word, yes. From a messaging standpoint, there was a way to make it very simple. And then there was a way to make it complicated. Right. And we chose perhaps the most complicated route. Now, there is a contingent inside the administration that will say, look, um, we promised from day one to follow what the science said and only follow what the science said. And that is essentially what the the administration did. They looked at the data. They said it only clearly justifies giving boosters to these certain groups of people. And ultimately, that's where they went. Now there's more data. And so they're taking this additional step. That's the one position. There is another contingent, though, that believed that, look, boosters were inevitable for everybody at some point over the next few months. Why not get out as far ahead of it as possible, head off any kind of risk of a resurgence, head off any uh, risk of a whole bunch of new breakthrough cases? Just do it because we are pretty reasonably sure that people are going to need it at some point down the road anyway. And you kind of see that argument playing out now in which, you know, for the last several weeks, it's been very confusing just from a public messaging standpoint. And now in the last week, two weeks, we've seen COVID cases start to creep up again right before the holidays. And and that's really kind of what the concern is, is mm. did we get far enough out ahead of COVID with boosters to avoid yet another resurgence? So we've been talking about federal recommendations for boosters here, but I want to talk about another layer to this, which is state and local governments. Because over the past few weeks, with all this confusion, we've seen a number of states move ahead with broad booster rollouts, recommending that all adults get them, despite the FDA not saying that yet. Um, That's happened in California, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, West Virginia, New York City. What do you make of these places essentially jumping the gun before the federal government. What you're seeing here is a lot of restlessness and and a fair degree of frustration with, again, the kind of confusing partial rollouts of these boosters. On the state level, these are governors who are going to be the most directly accountable to their constituents for what exactly is happening on the ground, right? And so when states are seeing these cases start to creep back up, right, when they're looking at the national data that, you know, even though things feel a lot better, you're still having more than a thousand deaths from COVID every day. 
there is this kind of increasing nervousness, increasing anxiousness, especially as we get to the holidays here, that we're not doing everything we can to head off, you know, a big winter surge. Um, and so after having kind of looked at the data, seeing no real major red flags, you have a lot of these states saying, I can't wait any longer. In terms of responsibility to my constituents, I feel like I can't wait for the federal government to catch up here. I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you want to get a booster, you should go and get it now. Um, and and I, the second thing is that, look, this is also a consequence of how nebulous the federal guidelines are, right? If the CDC had come down and said, um, you know, these select occupations, these select conditions, very rigidly, those are the only people who can get boosters, maybe the conversation now is a little bit different. But because there's such a gray zone, people are much more able to go out and say, yes, I'm justified in getting a booster. Let me go and do it now, even if you know, it hasn't been 100% signed off by the federal government. Hmm. Well, this is a weird question, and I guess maybe the gray zone thing explains it. But like, is it against any rules or any laws for these states to be recommending this or people in these states to be getting boosters when maybe technically they shouldn't be yet? That's a gray zone as well. And, and honestly, it's a question that the Biden administration absolutely does not want to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the more governors who come out here, and especially Democratic governors who come out ahead of the federal government, while the administration is still kind of going back and forth, the more awkward this conversation becomes. And so part of what you're seeing in the push this week to have the FDA sign off and have the CDC sign off on expanded boosters is to avoid kind of that lingering, drawn out awkwardness between state officials who say, you know, they need to they need to push ahead on this for the sake of their own states and constituencies and a federal government that is really you know, split over whether that should be happening and and how fast they should be moving. So the hope is within the administration that they can kind of start to put a lot of these questions to bed by acting this week um, and expanding the boosters to 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 all adults. Earlier, you mentioned the hesitancy to move forward with boosters with third shots for a lot of people when there might be criticisms that like other parts of the world aren't getting their first or second shots. What is the latest on that front? Like, is there any concern that the U.S. giving out boosters could interfere with the availability of shots for other nations or anything like that? The unequivocal answer that we've gotten from the White House is no, that there are plenty of doses to both supply whatever the U.S. needs and also help the world. And depending on how you slice it, I mean, that is true. We have uh, a lot more supply. The manufacturing is, is, you know, there have not been any issues and it's pretty reliable at this point, right? So there's no question of getting to a point where we're running low on available doses. But the real question here is how you're prioritizing, right? We have set aside more than enough for for Americans and we did that first. And after that, now we're working on ramping up aid to the rest of the world. And that is going to take time, frankly. You're, we've seen over the last several days a number of announcements from the administration on how they're trying to get doses abroad, deals they're trying to strike with manufacturers that would allocate more vaccine. The reality is that although all of those will help, it's not going to help until well into next year. And when you have thousands of people dying a day, around the world, that just, you know, in the minds of a lot of activists, a lot of global health experts is not going far enough. So it is a two-pronged fight that's that's happening right now. Um, there is 
you know, enough doses at this point to do both the U.S. and the world, but it is a matter of prioritization. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask about sort of the COVID outlook in light of all of this, because this week there was also news with uh, Pfizer asking for emergency authorization of their um, pill that helps prevent hospitalizations or it looks like helps prevent hospitalizations. Merck also did the same. I mean, when you consider that there could be pills that keep people out of the hospital that soon, as early as this week, we might have the federal government endorsing boosters for everybody, but also keeping in mind the fact that you said cases are rising again and that people are going to be heading inside and gathering for the holidays. How are you thinking about what's on tap for the weeks and months ahead? I think the way that I've always tried to approach it is is on a relative basis, right? So relative to where we were six months ago to where we were a year ago, uh, 18 months ago, I don't think you would want to be anywhere but here, right? Things have continued to get better. We have highly, highly effective vaccines. We have these antiviral pills that look really promising. Um, We're seeing hospitalizations and deaths come down even as cases have remained way too high and in some cases have started to go up again. And so what we're seeing there is even as the virus kind of continues to circulate, it's it's had less of a severe impact because we've gotten you know, the vast majority of people vaccinated at this point. So on a relative basis compared to the past, that's, it's really, it's really encouraging. And you can see a future where the vast majority of people are vaccinated, right? And we have access to these pills. So if you do have a breakthrough infection, you can go and do something active, right? You don't have to just sit on your couch huddling with a fever and hope that it passes soon. You can feel like, okay, I'm going to take this pill. I know that is going to kind of help ward off the worst effects of this virus. And psychologically, I think that really makes a big difference when you think about getting back to some semblance of of normalcy. The only things that really give me pause, though, are the degree of vaccine hesitancy and skepticism that still exist, both in the U.S. and and around the world, and how dug in that is. because the more that the virus continues to circulate, the more that it infects people who are unvaccinated, not only do you see more cases and more deaths, but you also give the virus a chance to continue to mutate. You, you give the, chance, uh, the virus a chance to, um, to, to change into new strains that are maybe more, more virulent, more contagious, or even better at just evading a vaccine, right? So I don't think there's any expectation that we're ever going to be rid of COVID 100%. But I think the goal over the next year really has to be to get it down to the lowest levels possible to really keep that risk uh, to a minimum, both both in the U.S. and hopefully at some point soon around the world. All right. That is the show for this week. I'm Jeremy Siegel and big thanks to Adam Kankren from Politico's help team for joining me. If you want to follow more of Adam's reporting, sign up for the Politico Pulse newsletter, which Adam co-authors every weekday morning. It has all the latest reporting from our health team and all the biggest health stories driving the day. You can find that at politico.com slash newsletters. Also subscribe to this podcast, Pulse Check if you haven't yet. And while you're there, check out some of our other shows like Politico Energy, The Playbook Daily Briefing, Playbook Deep Dive, and Global Insider. Pulse Check's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. And our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.